Welcome to the Relationship for Win Win podcast. I'm Jennifer. And I'm Kevin. And we've been married for 25 amazing years. Well, they haven't all been amazing, to be honest, babe. That's true. And we have four awesome kids. We do. And we love them so much. And babe, I love you. And we're just trying to share some things that we've learned about life. Uh, We're not experts by any stretch of the imagination. We're not counselors. We're not professionals. But we have lived life a little bit. And we hope to share some things with you that are beneficial. So thanks for listening. We're in studio today talking about a really cool subject. Um, It's kind of a deep subject for us. Like sometimes uh, they're they're a little lighthearted and sometimes – but this is a really, really good one, I think. And it's one that's so prevalent in our society and with us. And we do it and we don't even know it sometimes. And it's corrosive and um, it can be really tough. But um, it's dealing with blame – and shame. And I think, babe, you as, as a life coach talk about the blame-shame game and shame-blame game. And uh, you got a lot of information on this. And I think that, you know, life coaching people, you see this as like a repeated thing over and over again. And I kind of jokingly say, I probably just live the blame-shame <laughs> game, but like you understand this. So I'm going to really turn some stuff over to you and maybe just kind of help educate our listeners a little bit on what start off with and frame this is like, what is blame shame game? Okay. So a lot of my information, I love Brene Brown. She's a shame researcher, but um, her definition of shame is it is an intense feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. So, I mean, just think about that and think about times that maybe you've felt shame. And so you think something is wrong with you, mm-hmm. right? Blame has the inverse relationship with accountability. Accountability, by definition, is a vulnerable process, but blaming is one of the reasons we miss our opportunities for empathy. So it's like we want to make it someone else's fault. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you project it onto somebody else. Like this this happened, it was that person, they get thrown under the bus or it's all them and yeah. you blame them. And it deflects anything that I've got and it just goes over to that person. Right. And the so the opposite of shame is guilt. So shame is a focus on yourself. Mm. Guilt is a focus on your behavior. Mm. So shame is I'm a bad person. Guilt is I did something bad. Oh, yeah. So it's really, I think our society is full of shame. And and guilt. And and guilt. But shame, shame is the worst of those. Guilt can get you to change, hmm. right? But shame is what is really destroying our society. And I think teaching our kids and really paying attention, learning to um, differentiate when you're shaming versus asking someone to do something different, and then also blaming. It's something that if you don't know how to practice, 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 because it can ruin your relationship with your spouse, with yourself, and with your children, your so, family. It, it's ruining our society. Yeah, so go back then. Because it's ruining society, I think it's probably worth – because now I'm sitting there thinking, like, what was the definition of shame yeah. again? So say so that again. So shame is an intense feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. Hmm. Because the thing is, reality is we are all born good enough. We are hmm. our, all born with who we are. But the problem is things people say to us, do to us, 
different things in our society cause us to have shame. Yeah, that I'm not I'm not good enough. I don't have enough. Yeah. I don't have enough money. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not the right weight. I'm not I'm too big. I'm too small. I'm my chest is too flat. I'm my feet are small. Like whatever right. it is you can think of, like we're just bombarded with that. And social media can reinforce that and just regular advertising can reinforce that and how we talk about other people reinforces that and the people that we promote and, and idolize lets me see all of my inefficiencies. So yeah, yeah it's, a it's really deal. it's really an issue. So um and shame can actually have a physical it's actually a feeling and a physical reaction in our body. When you feel shame, you close up, you might get hot or just you just kind of want to disappear. Is it also do you think with shame I find that people can also, like, you can pretend, like, let's say that somebody feels like that they're not pretty enough or that they have enough money or whatever it is. They almost go 180 the opposite where someone doesn't – this one happens a lot. Someone actually has a low self-esteem and then they become super cocky, let's right. say. So you know, true. Or someone who maybe feels – inferior financially with someone and then they can like overcompensate with being snooty or something mm -hmm. like that. It's like, yeah. it's because they feel shame for whatever I don't have enough yeah. or I have, I feel like I've got more than too much. And so if we act something totally Oh yeah, different. definitely. And um, shame loves secrecy. Mm. It hates being shared. So shame wants you to hide or bury your story. So if you have an experience, a shameful experience, and like I thought of like our daughters have done this, but cut their bangs. If you ever know a little kid oh, yeah. that cuts their hair, and they're they're little, usually it's usually happens like three, four, five, they, fifteen. No, I'm just <laughs> um, but they hide. They'll hide like behind a couch yeah. or a chair and cut their hair because something inside of them says, I shouldn't do this. Yeah. And I'm gonna get in trouble. Yeah. I'm someone's gonna be mad at me. Of course they don't understand what that is. And anyways, and the worst thing as a parent, our initial reaction is yell at them saying, How could you do this? This is so terrible. Instead acknowledging them, mm -hmm. telling them it's okay. And Showing, not blaming them, because they're usually younger. And so otherwise, they're shame, and then we're shaming them, and it just creates Reinforces what they this were thinking shame anyway. shit show. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think two other things that came to mind when we talked about shame wants to hide. What if I feel bad about my body image? I can try to wear clothing that just covers that up, whether I'm overweight or I feel like that my arms are too skinny or whatever it is. So I wear different clothing to try to hide all of that. Or with pornography, mm -hmm. you know, that's an area that people try to hide and they don't want to talk about and just keep it hidden and, you know, all yeah. of that. And so they feel ashamed of that. Or And I think it's interesting. Uh, so shame, when you hide it, it gets bigger and bigger. But when you speak it, and say what you, you know, say whatever you're ashamed of, it actually diminishes it. 
So it's, it mm. feels the opposite of you think like, oh, I shouldn't say this. But reality is. I can say that. You need to speak it because then it, it diminishes it and it has nowhere to hide anymore. Yeah, if you hide it, you're actually giving power to the thing that's shaming you. Yeah, and when I when or you were saying about the person like the, an overweight person, a lot of times you you know the my 500 pound life or whatever you know those shows, yeah. um, you'll ask them they'll what do you eat in a day and they'll give you like. You know, four carrots, a salad. Yeah, and I just eat salads. <laughs> a lot of salads and maybe a burger. I can't figure out why I'm overweight. Well, because they have so much shame. Yeah. And you also see those shows and then they're going through the drive through and, you know, ordering five Big Macs for their imaginary family in the back seat. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm getting food for my family or whatever. And reality is they're planning on eating all of that food themselves. Yeah. And it's because they have shame about that, right? And so it can be very destructive, very hurtful. And a lot of addictions, right? Yeah. People, a lot of addiction, addictions drug addiction. are I'm shame. Trying to, trying to hide all this. I, I can't, I feel terrible that I'm doing all this, right? So, yeah. Uh, so one thing I wanted to focus on is... When someone comes to you and tells you something they're feeling shame about, there's a right way and a wrong way to handle that. Because oh, I'd love to if hear that. someone yeah. is feels like you are trustworthy enough that they're going to tell you their story, tell you their pain, tell you what they're feeling shame about, it's important to respond accordingly. Okay, so one yeah, thing. What's an appropriate way? Yeah, so one comes, thing um, some people do is, so I feel sorry for you. That's not good. That's showing sympathy. But what you need to do is create empathy. And empathy is, I get it. I've been there. Kind of getting into the ditch with them, getting into the pool. Yeah. Try to try to find a common ground to what they're telling you about. But you can probably find something that certainly rhymes with that. Like right. I might not have a pornography addiction, but gosh, I, I have had a food addiction. Yeah. Or I've had, like, I get it. I've been there. Like I've gotten to a point like where you're craving something or whatever, and you're like, I, I needed that. And I can just think about that from someone who was feeling shame for someone that could come and say, I've been there before. All of a sudden, you don't feel like you're the only person in the world anymore that has this issue. And that's got to be like a huge burden release all of a sudden. Yeah. And um, and you also don't want to hear like, oh, you poor thing or bless your heart. Right. You know, you, you don't want to say things like that. You wanna... Yeah. What if you came from a family? I was just thinking of this, you know, what if someone came from a family that was like a broken home or they felt shame about, you know, their parents fight all the time, whatever. And someone says... You know, oh, it must be really tough for you, or oh, that's really bad, or I'm so sorry for you. That makes it even worse a little bit. Right. It does. It makes the shame grow. Um, another thing is judgment, having judgment for someone. Like if someone comes to you and we'll use porn again, but, you know, judging them for what they're doing. Well, if you wouldn't, you know, stay up all night on your computer and of course you're going to find it and of course you're going to get addicted to it and just start judging the behavior, whatever they're telling you. Yeah, if you had God in your life, you wouldn't be doing yeah. that. It's like, oh, okay, well, yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And it's almost like you're telling them you should feel ashamed for doing that. Yeah. And it's like you're like reinforcing their feelings, which makes it worse. Um, just being disappointed 
if someone comes to you and shares and you become disappointed. And I can totally see this like in with our kids. Yeah. Um someone's or spouses. To, or right? spouses yeah. too. And infidelity, it's it's a hard topic to talk about. We've had a lot of gut-wrenching conversations, but I think if I would have come about judging you and coming from a place of disappointment, we couldn't have healed our marriage. Yeah, no way. Yeah, because you would have... I would have gone right into a shame trap and guilty, and I could never, ever have evolved. I would have felt like a piece of shit and that you can never be forgiven and I'm unworthy to be forgiven and my spouse can't, God can't, I can't, my kids can't, like you know, coworkers, I mean, whatever. It's like you just you just go on and on and on, just piles on. Right. Where if you can actually not do those things, yeah. it, it gives you hope and freedom. And I almost envision these things like someone who's feeling some shame and someone who's doing these things that you're saying that we shouldn't do. And I've certainly been guilty of, and everyone else has probably been guilty of, is that it pushes them farther down the shame hole totally. versus... If I could learn how to do these things better, it is freeing them and helping them get out of that hole that they're in. Yeah. Um, blaming, of course. So the shame-blame trap is basically you're feeling shame and then you're blaming it on the other person. And I think it happens a lot. Well, it happens a lot. It can happen with your kids. Like I have an F in my class. Well, mom, it's because my teacher hasn't graded all the assignments. I did all my homework. They just, it's their fault. It's their fault that I have the F. In reality is, mm, okay, you probably maybe didn't do as well on your assignments or something. There's probably something else. But acknowledging that, especially instead of then going and shaming your child. and Sure, you could do it even as, as an adult and you feel guilty for maybe you someone hit their kid or they yelled at their kid or they treated them poorly or told them whatever it was and whatever it is that they feel shame about mm -hmm. that they're they can easily blame it well that's how i grew up yeah my, my, hey, my dad did it to me like it's his it's like it's his fault or my dad my mom or yeah that was their deal and and so all of a sudden you're just blaming it as opposed to taking ownership for it yourself yeah um, and saying oh that wasn't good and and because then it can go back to the son or daughter or whoever it happened to, and then they, well, I'm this way because my dad. And so it just it's this ugly, vicious cycle because shame is very, um, it's a feeling, it's an emotion that's pretty intense, and so we don't want to feel it. And when we do, it's kind of our natural tendency. We want to put it off on someone else. We want to blame someone else for it. Um, if you're doing something and you were given 10 minutes and you used 15 minutes and now you're embarrassed because you went overtime or whatever, it's like we want to make it someone else's fault. Well, they, you know, they should have clearly given me 15 minutes to do this. So. It, it goes into small things. Yeah. It goes into small things. The other day I walked into work knowing I was late for a meeting that I set up for our team and I was late and I literally was sitting there thinking about, you know, I can blame it on the traffic. I can blame it on I hit four construction sites on the way here. And reality is I just told myself, no, I'm just going to go own it because I didn't give myself enough time to leave from home, to be yeah. honest with you. That's what yeah. it is. And that's what it really boiled down to. 
And then I didn't feel shame anymore. Right. But I was like, I'm walking to the meeting late. And it's like, ugh, you know. And so I could have easily blamed everything else. But my point is, we we can feel shame on so many levels and in the the most basic things of like being late to a meeting to behaviors that I do, things I want to keep secret, things from my spouse I want to keep secret. It could be I overspent money this month. I blew the budget. I don't want to tell anybody. As a matter of fact, let me camouflage this and I'm going to do whatever so that no one will know. Or we spend more money than we have and I don't want anyone to know that I'm on the verge of bankruptcy because I'm wearing the latest fashions and a cool car and whatever else. It's because... They feel so much shame, mm-hmm. and it it can be an ugly place. So yeah. these these are all really really good. Let's keep let's keep okay. going. Um, you avoid and minimize because it's making you uncomfortable. So if someone's coming to you with a something that brought shame in their life, and they're trying to talk to you, and you can't handle it, and you become uncomfortable, it's like almost like you you know push them away. It's very it's very unhealthy, and I'm sure happens. I can totally see it in lots of different scenarios. But if a child is coming to you, telling you they, you know, I don't know, went to a party and got drunk for the first time or something, you know, that would be awesome if they were coming to you and telling you that only because they trusted you that much. But if that was the case, and then, you know, you get really uncomfortable and you don't ever talk about it. Don't ever say this again. We're never discussing this again. And just kind of squelch it. It's going to grow the shame. They're never they're never going to tell you again if yeah. they've done something. Yeah, and also like when you talked about the minimize component of it, um, we, could, we could also, you know, they come to us with something else that they're feeling shame about. And you just, you minimize, eh, it's not that big of a deal. Like, you're yeah. okay, you know. Well, it's never really acknowledging their feelings about yeah. it. And it might it be, a big, be a big deal, deal to yeah. them. Sometimes some things are a bigger deal. Some of your kids, we all have different things that are a big deal to us. And so, yeah, definitely. That's... Yeah, what if, what if even a friend comes to you and is like, you know, I, I've got feelings of inadequacy or feelings like of that I'm really depressed or I'm not good at my job or I feel shame for like whatever, like I really screwed up on something. And if you don't, acknowledge that in the right way and just minimize like, oh, dude, everyone blows off their job or, you know, everyone's like, whatever. It never acknowledges the feeling. And then yeah. it's not dealing with the shame issue. They still feel it. Yeah. And it almost grows and feels worse. Yeah. Comparing and competing, like you tell me something you did, Ben. Well, just let me oh. tell you what I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You have a pornography you, problem? Yeah. Guess what? I've got a heroin <laughs> and a pornography problem. And yeah, yeah, that's something you definitely don't want to yeah. do. But I think people do it all the time. Oh, yeah. Or the big deal is too. And it kind of goes along with minimizing it. Well, you did that. Well, that's not as bad as what you know Billy or Sally did. Yeah. Like, here's what they did. Yeah. And so you're comparing it, and it also minimizes. Right. theirs. So again, they're still feeling shameful on the whole thing and it's not helping that to go away. Yeah. I know I know I've said this before. I can't believe you said that. We don't talk like that. Yeah. You know, if someone, you know, our kids said a swear word or something, <laughs> you know, telling them that that's not helpful. That is not helpful for them for you to say like, well, we don't we just don't do that. Well, they just did do that. So Instead of arguing with reality, acknowledging it. I could see that. Like, you know, what if what if someone feels ashamed that they, I mean, 
there's so much more complex things, oh, yeah. but it's hard to, to get in because everyone's different. But if you're talking about like, what if our kids got a speeding ticket? One of our kids could probably care less. One of our kids could feel deep shame for that. I don't want anyone to know this, like whatever. And I could easily say, you know, we don't do that in our family. Our family are not speed. We don't get tickets. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden it's like that doesn't help them at all. Again, doesn't acknowledge their shame, doesn't help it go away. And it actually compounds the problem. Yeah, definitely. Um, the last one is giving advice, trying to fix the problem. Because usually when someone is coming to you to talk about something, they just want you to listen. They don't want you to fix the problem right then. So I think acknowledging it, listening. And it, it's hard because, of course, we're uncomfortable. Shame makes us feel uncomfortable, right? We want to mm-hmm. fix it. We don't want them to feel that way. But reality is we need to feel it till they're ready to own it. And once they can own it, then it can go away. Yeah, so some of the things, and we'll probably get into this in the last few minutes of, of what we should do. I'd love to hear from you as to, you know, what you would tell someone that you life coach or just people listening to this as they went, what should we do? Um, I was just sitting there thinking that, you know, again, with children that come to us and say something how should we react to that if, you know, I, I don't want to go judge them. And something you just said I, I think is maybe acknowledge. Yeah, acknowledging them, um, listening to them. And and ask, I mean, I'm terrible at this. I've gotten better. <laughs> but like, I want to fix it. Like, yeah. I am, in, you know, I'm stereotyping here. But there's probably one parent in the relationship that wants to go fix it all the time. Mm-hmm. And. I think it's a great thing that we've tried to incorporate in our family is that we just say, am I listening or fixing? Yeah. And if you can say, okay, you're coming to me with something shameful, acknowledge that, and then just say, hey, before we go deeper, am I listening or fixing? And more times than not, what I hear you say is that they're probably going to say, I just want you to listen. Yeah. Especially especially if they are feeling shame at that emotion. And I think it's important to pay attention to moments that you do feel shame and how you get out of it. If you, Sometimes people can like, okay, get out of it themselves. And I think owning the truth is so important. And one of the greatest gifts that I learned in counseling with Emil is when Kevin and I were getting divorced, I had filed for divorce and I was devastated because I'm like, I don't want to be divorced. Yeah, I'm going to be the divorce woman. Yeah, I was like, that is not my life that I pictured. I I just didn't know what to do. And I really wanted to hide under my covers and never come out. But I knew that wasn't realistic. And he said, you've just got to own it. So I was like, okay. And I was terrified because I'm like, what are people going to think of me? Who am I? How is this going to work? But once I started owning, owning it, I like almost this whole burden just fell off of me. And I was like, okay, I can do this. And I just focused on not feeling the shame because I didn't want our kids to feel that. I didn't want you to feel that. And ultimately, we didn't get divorced. We're still here. But it was really an important lesson for me because I learned that that is so important when we all make mistakes so if you can acknowledge it and not hide it, not hide from it, own the part that you think you did wrong, you can get out of that cycle because otherwise a lot of 
people, a lot of marriages, a lot of families, they feel shame. And so instead of owning it, they just blame. Because I could have easily just said, oh, this is all Kevin's fault and go into the whole story of why we're getting divorced and blamed it all on Kevin. But I was able to say, okay, wait a second. Some of this is my fault, right? I had to take ownership of the parts that were my fault for our marriage going in this direction at the moment. So and I'd say too, sweetheart, and it's beautiful that you shared that. Um, I will tell you that what I found too is, is owning things. One of the things that we maybe get scared of, and maybe why we want to be quiet about it, is that we're afraid that other people are going to talk. Right. And so if you own it, guess what? There's nothing to talk about. Like yeah. if, if, I mean, part of doing the podcast, man, we're kind of out here is to say, <laughs> look, we just own it to say we've got struggles. Like we've had struggles. We, you know, we're not perfect people. We don't have a perfect family. And if you just own that, one, you can then, you know, finish the rest of the story, right? Mm-hmm. And then two, you can also stop all of the gossiping and talking and whatever else because there's nothing to gossip about because, like, we just flipped the light switch on. Yeah, it's so true. And I really think that was one of the key things that helped save our marriage is because we didn't dwell in shame. And I see so many couples, they just are, like, drowning in shame. And if you can find a way to find a safe person, find someone to— talk to, get out of that cesspool of shame, because that's really what it is. Yeah, imagine, and, again, like I have a spending problem. I have a drinking problem. I've got a pornography problem. I've cheated on my test. Like, whatever it is, imagine you just kind of own that in a safe spot with somebody and say, you know, this is what it is. Imagine someone, or that you could be that someone for somebody else and say, yeah. you know what, you must be feeling, you know, this, that, or the other. I've been there. You know, I cheated on a test before, too, and this is how I felt. And, you know, or you say, I don't have that exact addiction, but I can certainly appreciate that. Or my my brother or mom dealt with that. I know some of the feelings with that, you know, and, and just say, am I listening or fixing? I'm listening. Great. What, you know. Yeah. What, don't judge them. I'm not don't. judging. And, and to maybe even say that. So, you know, yeah. what? I'm not judging you. And then you really don't judge them. Say, yeah. this is a safe spot. Who am I to judge you when I'm I'm imperfect myself? Mm-hmm. And that's a huge deal. And it, it helps get people out of that. And then all of a sudden we don't have this shame game, yeah. blame game, yeah. bleh, whatever yeah. that is. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just feel for people. We're, we're stuck. Somehow our society, we just have lots of shame. So if we could just be more open, more just even looking inside of you, yourself, figuring out what things are you feeling shameful about. If you have a safe person, hopefully your spouse could be that safe person and, you know, have a discussion, talk to them, and really root those things out instead of blaming each other all the time because it just creates this ugly cycle, and it's it's not healthy. And if you can start owning the things that you need to own and take ownership of, you're just going to have a much better life. Friends. One of the greatest compliments you can pay us is to introduce your friends and family to our podcast so that we can all grow and learn together. So thanks so much for listening today to the Relationship 411 podcast. Please like and share. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And remember, we promise to give you the 411 about relationships. So you don't have to call 911 for yours.